bitches. It is Ellen, and I am jumping in your feed to tell you we are taking the week off for Memorial Day. But not to worry. We are dropping one of our favorite episodes from our latest Patreon series, Pink Collar Crimes. Now, Pink Collar Crimes is a hilarious true crime series inspired by the growing crime wave that is female felons. These stories are all true, but they are absolutely absurd, hilarious, and a lot of them are pretty hard to believe. Everything from bank robbers to scam artists to fake psychics. It is hosted by the permed prosecutor we all love to hate, Marsha Clark. We hope you enjoyed this sneak peek, and if you're feeling fancy and want to join us on the Patreon, we have all of your favorite disappeared episodes ad-free, ready to download and binge, as well as all of our bonus series that we've covered. We love having you. We love making you laugh. And if you feel like you need a little more of Joey and I in your life, head over to our website and click the Patreon link and let us hang with you twice a week. We hope you enjoy the psychic that didn't see him coming. I love this episode. And just remember, Bob Nygaard is a national treasure. Enjoy this episode of Pink Collar Crimes. Love you. Here we go. We are, you guys, oh, the gift that you all have given us, that is pink collar crimes, is just the gift that keeps on giving. We don't even have notes. I, I mean, I have thrown <laughs> the notes out. It is so silly. We could just talk about it for an hour and be done. Y'all, can I just tell you, the title of this go. episode is so shady because it's a, basically about a PI who is stalking a psychic. And so, who is a fake psychic? And the title of it is called The Psychic Didn't See Him Coming. And I was like, <laughs> some gay wrote this. It's so shady. The shadiest <laughs> bitch. I'm Bob Nygaard. I'm a private investigator. I'm a retired police officer. When I was a young cop riding on subway trains in Harlem making drug busts, I never thought that I would become the psychic crime fighter. When it comes to psychic fraud, these scammers know me from coast to coast. You never know where they're going to be. They could be at the beach, they could be at the mall, they could be partying down in South Beach at a nightclub. I hunt them down no matter where they go, I find them. But the most unexpected one was Gina Marie Marks. She was married, a mother of three, and living a lavish lifestyle, scamming people to pay for that lifestyle. Gina Marie Marks has probably stolen millions of dollars from people. You know, so this woman's a dangerous woman. So I figured that's it. I'm going to get her. So here we are. We meet Bob Nygaard, and he's a retired police officer turned private investigator. He used to work in New York. He rode the subway. <laughs> he made drug busts for 21 years. He has a 21 police career, but now he's a psychic crime fighter. <laughs> Because I wish you were exaggerating, but you're not. You guys, this guy is a cartoon. And baby, the category is full fedora inspector realness. He is dressed like some cartoon from a 50s movie about an inspector. He looks like the third blues brother. The lost blues brother The one that got cut. The one one that's on the cutting room floor. They're like, whatever happened to Bob? They cut cut him. He didn't quite make it. But my favorite is we see there is so much delicious ridiculousness in this episode. But my favorite is he's doing his little intro and then they pan to him and he was like, can I do one take in my sunglasses? (laughs) Because he's 
sitting at this diner and he does this one take in his sunglasses and he's also did you notice he's wearing a different suit when he's wearing his sunglasses no okay so in my mind because you know the green screen moment oh, he goes yes. you never know where they could be and he's talking about the psychics they could be at the beach green screen <laughs> they could be at the mall green screen. They could be partying down in South Florida. So in my mind he called the director was like hey I got a couple more ideas. Can we do a reshoot? I got a different suit for this take. Which means that they had pickups for this. Because he's all of a sudden in a blue suit and his sunglasses and I just want to say listen shoot your shot. If you have artistic ideas you need to share them Bob. Also so you're mentally prepared much like the bank teller Brian who did his own reenactments. Oh yes. Bob is also going to do his own reenactments Enactments. However, this is not funny. He actually really does come from a showbiz family. How do you know this? Because, okay, so his family were famous vaudevillians. Did you know this? No. His dad was Cappy Cannonball Carson. Oh, he was, Cappy Cannonball Carson. Who the fuck is that, He Ellen? was a human cannonball. <laughs> he was like a famous, famous vaudevillian. He has like showbiz running through his blood. Seriously. I love that you're saying this. Like, I'm supposed to know this. You don't know who Cappy the Cannon... I know that there were people who got shot out of a cannon. I don't know who Cappy the, the Cannon that- is. Do you want to have a nice day with me? I do, but I made that story up. Oh, I hate you so much. This is how much I love you and trust you that I'm just like, well, okay, well, I'm along the right. You're really, you know what you're doing is you're chinking at the armor that is my trust with you. You're destroying our relationship one episode at a time. I was a New York City transit cop, graduated from the New York City Police Academy, where I had a 21-year career in law enforcement. Started off in the subways in the streets of Harlem, underground, riding in the subway trains. And that's when I really got interested in bunco crimes. I had to Google it. Tell him what bunco crimes is. All right. Well, a bunco crime refers to a crime that's some type of trickery uh-huh. to persuade a victim to hand over money or merchandise. Good for you. Do you know what banco means, where the root is derived from? Yes. What? It is Latin for you can choke. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish for bank. (laughs) Oh, is it? Yeah. When he left New York, he tells us that he wanted to head down to paradise. And apparently paradise is in Hollywood. (laughs) Florida. Florida. (laughs) Also, he's got a taste for outconning the con. And something here tells me that Bob here has watched one too many episodes of Get Smart. So he retires. He heads down to Florida. He becomes a P.I. And then we see B-roll of him with a video camera just filming the shit on the beach in a full-ass suit in South Florida. Florida. Honey, he's looking less and less like a P.I. and more and more like somebody's creepy uncle. He is in a full suit with a fedora. People are sun tanning in the back and they're, you know, half naked playing with beach balls and he is walking up and down the shore really, really trying to get this B-roll. I mean, these producers did him dirty. Oh, I can just imagine. <laughs> they were like, they can do it again. <laughs> and they're like, Bob, we just need, Bob, can you walk up and down the shore again? And you just know Bob was like, hey, ain't nothing I can't do. I can do anything. Three months came along and I was bored stiff. I decided, okay, I'm going to just become a private investigator. A private investigator is just like akin to being a police officer. You're doing the investigation, you're tracking people down. But at that point, I still didn't know where I was going or what I was going to do. So here we are in fall of 2008 at some singles bar in Boca. And I'm like, sir, dress like the Lost Blues brother. Good luck. He says he's looking to land the date. (laughs) I was like, not only does this man have the moves like Jagger and the suit all hours of the goddamn day, he also has like zero sex appeal. (laughs) So he says, I went to a local pickup spot. 
spot in Boca Raton. <laughs> Where coral lipstick never goes out of style. Coral lipstick looks great with a suntan. Coral, you gotta go with coral. So he sets up the scene and he sits at the bar and there's a woman in a doctor costume and a lady in a nurse's costume. <laughs> And you know they're in a nurse and a doctor because they're in the costume. Exactly. They, they, the woman looks like she just came out of surgery. Like, like <laughs> covered in blood. Yeah, she just covered. <laughs> she's got like gloves. She's like scalpel. <laughs> and he starts putting his best moves on the makeshift nurse and the makeshift doctor. Yeah. So he starts chatting up these two women at the bar, and he tells them about what he does and how he specializes in psychic fraud. And one of the women, the doctor, seems very interested in this, and she gets his card and leaves. Did you notice what his business card looked like? No, I didn't bother to look. You can t- <laughs> You are. You have such an eye for the details. You can tell they did the take a bunch of times because the card was bent. <laughs> and he, they were like, we're going to do the pass off. He's like, I don't have any more cards. <laughs> and they're like, we'll just do it again because the light was off and we weren't. Can we get sound? Make sure the sound is ready. He's like, all right, I'll do it again. But the card got bent. This accent is really it, taking a life of its own it right is now. <laughs> so funny. I get a phone call and it's the doctor. Hello? And she says, hey, Bob, can you meet me down at the mobile station? And I was kind of bewildered. I didn't know exactly what she wanted to meet me for. So I go down there, and she comes pulling up, and she says to me, dude, I want to tell you something that I've never told anybody before. He meets her because what the shit else does he have to do? Well, he says, I didn't know what she wanted to meet me for. And then there's a smash cut of him, like, straightening his tie. (laughs) I was like, calm down, Bob, baby. She's, She's Nothing's happening, okay? Yeah. She says, look, I have this story I want to tell you, but I didn't want to tell you in front of my coworker, but... You know, the woman in the nurse's costume? Yes. Yeah. Also covered in blood. <laughs> um, But she's like, I got scammed by a psychic. Yeah. And so she goes back and says it was April of 2008, and she tells him she was going through some marriage troubles, and she wanted to know kind of like what the future held for her and her family. Have you ever gone to a psychic? Now, you already know the answer to this because we've we gone went to the, the same, same psychic. psychic. And you know, it made me think because while I was watching this episode, I was like, could we have been scammed? Well, okay, so the person that we went to called himself an intuitive counselor. Yes. And I thought the same thing. Oh, well, I'll tell you the creepiest, this is, I'll tell you the creepiest thing that he knew. He said to me, I'm going to make up a number, uh, but he said to me, what do the numbers eight four two mean and i said eight four two eight eight four two that doesn't that doesn't mean anything he goes okay and he was like eight four he was like jumbling them around he goes no it's eight four two and i was like that doesn't mean anything to me and he goes okay and i went wait and it was his birthday it was the month and the day of his birthday yeah and i was like what Yeah. Anyway, all to say, I do believe some people have an extra antenna. Bob explains how these psychic scams pull off these little scams. So what happens in these psychic fraud scams, the psychics make a lot of educated guesses to dupe their victims into believing in their alleged supernatural abilities. Usually the person will go in and they'll be charged something under $100. That's how they start them off. But then they tell the victim, we need to do deeper research to get to the root cause of the problem. And then they say, ooh, well, I dug deeper into the mystical undertow of your butthole, and you have a curse on your family. But in order to remove it, it's going to cost more money. And the way they do that is they say, the root of all evil is money, so we need to draw the evil away from you. We got to get the evil to go to the money along with your brains. I mean, it's just like, but they do it all through emotional manipulation. Yeah, and they say, we're going we're gonna to suck that evil out of the money, and we're going to give it back to you. Yes. Don't you worry. We're 
not hanging on to this money, it's going to come right back. So the woman in the doctor costume tells Bob, she's like, I gave this woman twelve and a half thousand dollars Yeah, and, and she did that in good faith because she said, I'm going to return the money to you after the removal of evil spirits. Yeah. So, honey, she never saw that money again, and she was also way too embarrassed to go to the cops. Of course, and we're not going to victim blame here because it's different than being the victim of, like, we treat this kind of, you know, falling for a scam different than we would, you know, say a burglary, you know, and, like, many of the people who fall victim to these scams still have, like, life-changing sums of money stolen for them, but somehow they are held culpable. I mean, our friend that we worked with, she got scammed uh, on the street yeah, out of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean... I don't even remember all the details. It was the same thing with the cleansing of the money. It was the same thing. And the woman ran away. Now, this one of our friends is a little gullible. I would say she's a... But, like, we think of those victims in a specific way. We think of them as being, you know, gullible, vulnerable, or maybe even less intelligent, but... But a lot of times people fall victims exactly what you said to these like psychological techniques of a scammer, yeah. right? I mean, like they they know they're sophisticated in the way they're scamming and they rely on, you know, a manipulation, emotional engineering, all of these things, all of these techniques to get what they want. Absolutely. The doctor never went to the police because she was too embarrassed or ashamed and she didn't think they would understand. She thought they would just laugh at her. But after talking to me at the neighborhood bar and grill and seeing how passionate I was about con artists and scammers, she just opened up and felt like I was the person she could trust. So the doctor says, look, I felt comfortable enough to tell you and (laughs) y'all good old Bob here. He's got the jokes. He (sighs) says, what's her name? No, wait, let me guess. And then he says, I rub my temples. And he says, is the name Mox? And she's like, yes, how did you know that? And he says, because I'm psychic. And Bob really thought he did something there. (laughs) Bob Bob really fancies himself a comedian. I'm like, Bob, stick to walking on the beach with a camcorder. I'm psychic. Show me your boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he explains that Marx is a common name that a lot of these scammers use. So anyway, the doctor pulls away and Bob's interest is peak. He is bored as shit and back. Chan and his Tinder username is probably Borden Boca. Borden and Boca, <laughs> and he is just looking for something to do. Now he he wants us to know he knows a lot of people, a lot of people in the underground world and in the police world. He's got the inside scoop. And he explains to us that Gina Marie Marks is from a Romani family. She was a prolific scammer from a notorious American Romani family, which is a politically correct way of saying gypsies. I don't want to offend an entire community of people, but there's a certain criminal element within the American Romani community. We will cut to the end where Gina Marie refers to herself as a gypsy. Yes. But we'll just refer to them as the Romani people. Yes. Um, And then he says how he doesn't want to be offensive to, you know, the Romani people and call them gypsies. And he's like, you know how the Italians are in the mafia. (laughs) I was like, um, sir, we're not replacing stereotypes with stereotypes here. Also, I'm Italian. I will fit you for cement shoes. <laughs> also, I'm Italian and I got probably family in the mafia. Yeah, no I don't have to look that far. Her father was what Bob calls a bigwig in the Romani community. And her mother, Betty Jo Ephraim, was arrested in the late 90s in New York City for running a fortune teller scam. I mean, who wasn't arrested in the 90s in New York at that time? But then we meet Paula McMahon Ryder, who writes for the Southern Florida Sun Sentinel. Now, fun fact, Paula, 
used to write for the New York Times. It was too much of a rat race for her. I'll never believe you again. <laughs> Don't even start this shit with me because I know what you're doing. I love Go you. Go ahead. Tell me more about her. <laughs> she just didn't like the rat race of the New York Times. So she decided to go to the South Florida Sun Sentinel and have a little, you know, iced beverage on the beach and then write a couple of columns. Oh my God. Please take my invitation to fuck all the way off. <laughs> so Gina Marie had gotten caught scamming a few times and she had a lawyer. <laughs> Honey, I, oh. this lawyer, I see why she hired him. Listen, this, this man knows what he's doing. Everyone he, needs a lawyer like Jim Lewis. The track that I saw Gina was more of a life coach. Most of the people that she came into contact with were women. Women that had something missing in their lives. And she would give them her advice, her comfort, and gave them some type of hope that their life could change in some kind of positive way. It's not so much that she told the future, she helped them make the future. And I'm she's like, oh yeah, she's a life coach and I'm a straight man who thinks Kid Rock is talented. Okay, <laughs> keep talking here. I love lawyers. I love their perspective. I believe it was one of my favorite lawyers who said, isn't the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that you are forbidden to wet your hair for at least 24 hours after getting a perm at the risk of deactivating the, the ammonium, ammonium thiglocalate? <laughs> Listen, Jim Lewis is no L. Woods. I just wanted to show you that I could quote that. But thank you. Also, it should be said, Jim Lewis's desk looks like Tara Grinstead's room slash Brandon Fuchs's car slash my trunk. He's a mess. They were like, do you want to straighten up? He's like, I, I couldn't possibly. No, it looks no. like a target at the end of Black Friday. Yeah, a it's, mess. it's a mess. So I just think the life coach, he said Gina had a gift. I was like, you're, I mean, he's a good lawyer. Listen, that's his that's his job. Now look, Marsha Clark is here, the mother of all bobs, and she's here to tell us that charging for psychic services, it isn't a crime regardless of what you charge, but Baby, if you deceive a client into lending money for some sort of ritual and then you don't pay it back, that is good old-fashioned theft. Yeah. And it's felony grand theft if it's over $300 in the state of Florida. Yeah. Who knew? But, I mean, if you use cash, it's, it's kind of like, how do you, you know, trace that? She was living the high life. Gina Marie Marks is driving around in fancy cars, going out to fancy restaurants. She's going out to nightclubs. So Gina Marie is up here being a life coach, living the life of a Kardashian. She's got cars, she's got restaurants, we've got Gina's former friend who wants to conceal her identity, who says, you know, she was a fashionista, you know, she had everything. So Bob goes back to the woman who dressed up as a doctor that day, and was like, tell me how you found Gina Marie. And so she tells him, well, my maid told me about her. So Bob goes and talks to the maid, and she says, well, I heard about her at my nail salon. And there's a bunch of women who go to this nail salon who also know work with Gina Marks. Right. So Bob don't give a fuck. He goes to the nail salon, asks questions, finds these five clients of Gina Marie, and has to chat with them. Right. Now, in this reenactment, which, again, I think was Bob's idea, <laughs> these women are clearly at a spa. They're in, like, robes and towels and, like, sexy, like, little slinky sexly. things. Sexly. Sexly. I was like, baby, when you go to the nail salon, you sit there in a line, everyone sits with their headphones on, and the women talk shit about the state of your cuticle. Exactly. Like, Bob was like, can we get some ladies? in robes? I feel like they were in robes. I was like, no. So then these women say, yeah, we were told we were possessed by evil spirits and the money was root of all the evil and we see the reenactment of like, you know, actress Gina with some cash in her hand and a tambourine and some incest being like, Namo. And, and all these women are looking at each other and they're like, wait, 
Was she told you that? She yeah. told you that? And they realized they were all fed the same story. Yeah. Turns out everyone in Boca is possessed. Yeah. It's a bunch of Linda Blairs running around Boca. Watch out for the they'll vomit pea soup on you at any time. And I find out that there's five women who have been defrauded of approximately $65,000 by this Gina Marks. But for every one person that comes forward, there's probably a hundred that are too embarrassed or too ashamed to come forward. And what you generally see is just the tip of the iceberg. Gina Marie must be good at her job because she scammed these women out of $65,000. Yep. So now we have another concealed victim. And we just see her shoulders and her mouth and also her parrot on her shoulder. Hate it. And she's explaining how she doesn't want to talk about it with a 100% real (laughs) parrot on her shoulder. I was like, what are you, a pirate? Yeah. It was. I was like, is this real? And then cut to, what? Here's her face. She's like, I'm sorry. I can't. I don't want to. I'm going to. I'll talk. I'll talk to the camera, but put my name in quotes. I'm going to give you a fake name. I'm like, babe. Yeah, your face is out there. So her name is Val, like short for Valerie, but but they put it in quotes. I'm like, babe, your face is out there. You may as well tell them your full name because it's going to get out. I don't know how you think this works, but this is not how it works. Good luck with your project. I love how she was like, I'm going to conceal my identity. You know what? It's fine. Fuck it. Just just, just film it. Here I am. I'm Val and this is my bird, Tweety. (laughs) My good angle. And that bird was gnawing on her the whole fucking time. A nail, a ear a cheek. I was like, get that bird out of here. Uh, so, so Val is tells us that she's a professional athlete and she says she was very well known at the time and she didn't want her name involved in a scandal like this. And Bob tells us, look, falling for this kind of scam is way more common than you think. And the intensity and severity by which he explained that was like he was talking about murder. <laughs> I was like, Bob, we can take it down six notches and you will still be at a 10, my dude. Oh, honey, this dude, no one is going to convince me that this guy (laughs) didn't have a boner through this entire fucking thing. This guy was turned on. He was hot. I never seen like a psychic before or anything like that. That's why I was super curious. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just go and see how much he charges. He was actually like really, really inexpensive. I remember it was like $60 to visit. So I said, okay, let's just go and, and... you know, why not? So Val goes to see Gina Marie and she tells us her son had been diagnosed with autism, bless her heart. Yeah. And she'd been researching treatment. She just wanted to be a good mom yep. to him. And so she meets Gina at v- Gina's home and Val is like, this was a big ass house. Yeah. And immediately she tells Val, your son has a curse on him. And Val says, look, my kid's my weakness. So of course I'm going to be like, how do I get rid of it? So Gina pulls out a banana that she says has been blessed. And I know a lot about blessed bananas because the Lord saw fit to bless my own banana, if you know what I mean, Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. Ellen, do you know what I mean? I do know what you okay, mean. Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, I've seen it. Now, Gina Marie says something that is truly unforgivable yeah. in my eyes. It's very evil. She tells this poor mother, who is terrified for her son, that if he eats this banana, he will be cured of autism. Yeah. You can burn in hell. Yeah. You are a rotten human being. Yeah, that's it's really gross. And part of the manipulation is using religion. You know, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to bring him to the altar. But you know what I need? I need gift certificates. <laughs> and Val and is so funny. Val is like, wait, what? <laughs> And it's all these mental gymnastics. Like, she was like, wait, you need gift certificates? And she's like, do you want your son to be cured of autism or not? I'm 
laughing because she says, I don't, well, like, what's Jesus going to do with a, a $100 Amex gift card? Yeah, and, and she was just like, you know, and, and she's like, okay, fine, fine. She's like, I'm not keeping it. I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to cleanse it. And your son, and she was just gaslighting the shit. It's that, it's a cult mentality. Oh, it's fucked up. And she says, you're jeopardizing your son's well-being. Oh, and you'll do, I mean, and she was so confused and distraught and she was just trying to do the right thing and, you know, don't tell anyone and all the mind games and, and, and all this, you know, she was just, she's like, okay, I guess I'll give her a Target gift card. Yeah, she says, like, it's not like, she's like, I'm basically doing this for free. I'm trying to bless your goddamn life yeah. because I don't get to keep the money. A lot of the same things that a cult leader would use to manipulate the victims in the cult are the same psychological principles that these self-proclaimed psychics use, but just on a one-on-one basis. They isolate the victim from friends and family. They tell the victim, you are not to tell anybody else about the work that we're doing because if you do, the work will fail. We couldn't talk to nobody. There's nobody who can come in. Like if we're sitting across from dinner and you tell this story, your friend's definitely going to look at you and be like... Yeah. Sound right. Doesn't sound right. But she does. She goes back to her friend who had sent her to Gina and they realized they were both told the same thing. She was like, wait, did she tell you your money had to be blessed? Yeah. They're like, and they were like, did she tell you? Wait, everyone raise your hand if she said your money had to be blessed. They're like, fuck. Yes. And they're like, this bitch took our money and fucked with our minds. So Val calls Gina Marie and leaves her a voicemail saying, if you don't give me back my fucking money, yeah. I'm going to go to the cops. So Gina calls her back and says, look, I don't have all of your money right now because it's being blessed as we speak. Yeah. But you can come back to my house and I'll give you some of it. Yeah, she's like, fine, bitch. The money's at the temple. I'll give you some. Is it the temple being blessed, you know, to cure your son? I mean, like evil. so evil. So she says she'll give her some of the money back. So Val, this is very confusing. Oh my God. Val goes to Gina Marie's house and she's like, I didn't feel safe. So I brought a, a male friend with me, but I put him in the trunk. <laughs> I was like, are we confused on how protection works? Also, if you get in a car accident with someone in the trunk and God forbid (gasps) something happened to them, how the fuck are you going to explain that? Yeah. You didn't think this all the way through, Val. (laughs) And I was scared to death. I wish I have a gun. I swear to God. She gave me a bag and she said, okay, I tell you when I go and pick up the rest where you can get everything else. That was her game of like to keep it calm or something. She gets in the car and she opens up the bag. There's only a few dollars yeah, in it. Yeah, it's like four or five dollars. And she never hears from Gina Marie again. And she does tell uh, some cop friends and they're like, you don't have any proof. Yeah. You don't have any receipts, so there's nothing we can do. And that fucking sucks. And they were a little condescending. They were like, I'm sorry, you paid a woman cash to cleanse away your son's autism? Like, we can't help you. But Bob was like, I know a guy. And he was he <laughs> knew a guy at the police station. He's like, I can help you. So he presents the case to his contact at the Broward Sheriff's Department. And Bob wants us to know that uh, he said, hey, this is a great job. And dude starts looking into it. And Bob is like, no, I want this woman woman arrested. So Bob tries to get those five women who were clearly not in a nail salon, who were like in his, <laughs> you know, wet dream fantasies to press charges and not fight for their money back. And it turned out that one of the victims, the doctor, stood strong and said, I'm not taking the money. She said, Bob, you told me this was going to happen and I'm going to go and stick with you and stick by you and make sure she gets arrested. The cops show up to Mar- Gina Marie's house and baby, she hit the road. Gina Marie said, jail. Not today. I just got my nails done. Yeah. And the place is 
ramp-sacked. So now the media gets a hold of this story. <laughs> Jim, the lawyer, goes, you know what? She knows she's guilty. She's going to turn herself in. But after Christmas. I mean. Do we get to pick and choose when we turn ourselves in? He's like, let her have Christmas. You know, th- it's not a good time for her to go to jail. And he goes, gypsies care about their family. I was like, we're not using gypsies, Jim. <laughs> after Christmas, Gina turned herself in. She probably figured being on the run with children wasn't easy. Either that or maybe she figured a lawyer could negotiate a favorable plea deal. But I was determined not to let that happen. My goal was to get her arrested, get her convicted, get all the victims their money back, and hopefully put her in prison. So in January of 2009, Gina Marie ends up in front of a judge, and Val tells us that Gina is acting, you know, very embarrassed, and she was wearing a black wig, and that reenactment made me laugh, because do you remember in Mrs. Doubtfire, when they're trying to find the right look for what Robin Williams, and one of them is, is that- every night is like the Bay of Pigs, I cannot lie to you. I don't know, this was scared the children, do you think so? I don't know, maybe this was too much for them. Also, when we cut to Bob telling us about this part of the story, night has fallen in the diner. Like, they started the shoot at noon, and Bob had a lot of stories. Bob's been yapping all day. He's got his vaudeville stories to tell. (laughs) He he has his stories in Harlem. It's nighttime. They're on OT. The people who are shooting are like, are you guys union? Because we only got one break, and that was for Panera Bread. And they're starving, and it's nightfall. Yeah, I don't want to sit across from this guy. Bob is long-winded. Bob's a yapper. I guess he's like us because we got in trouble for being (laughs) long-winded. We love you, Bob. We love you, Bob. Come be on our podcast. So Gina and her lawyer knew she wasn't going to get out of this, so she pled no contest to the charges, and the judge orders her to pay back all the money to these victims, and all five of the nail salon ladies get their $65,000 back. And she got no jail time. None. Bob? Probation, though. Yes, she got probation. Bob is sitting in the diner. It's nighttime now, and he really, really wanted her in jail. Yeah, Bob was not going to sleep till Gina Marie was behind bars. We got her convicted of a crime for the first time ever. But again, she got no jail time, just probation. One of the conditions of probation was that Gina wasn't allowed to engage in further fortune telling. And a violation of probation means going to jail. So in May of 2009, Bob gets a call from a guy. Okay, he gets a call from a guy who says, my sister is wrapped up with this psychic and under her control. Can you help me? This psychic's name is Gina Marie Marks. And apparently she gave Gina over $300,000. Thousand. Which is, she is in violation of her probation because her probation was like no more, you know, scamming, no more going into the wind, no more of that stuff. So Bob went to the, the prosecution, you know, to like prosecute. And they're like, we need a warrant. Done. Boom. September 2010, they're back in court. And Bob wants jail time. Bob wants this woman behind bars. He's like, as long as Boca Raton. How does he talk? <laughs> as long as, bo- I can't, I all I hear is as Sharon. Long, as long as Boca Raton. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's what it. he says. Ding, 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 ding. As long as I'm here in Boca Raton, I just hear there Sharon. will be no psychic fraud. <laughs> all right? I'm here to shut this shit. I'm shutting shit down. They call me Bob, shut the psychic shit down. I'm going to make new business cards. <laughs> New business cards, ones that won't bend. Yeah, there's there's two things I hate in this world: psychic frauds and jeans. I don't know. <laughs> 
and bent business cards. <laughs> we'll workshop that. So this time, Gina Marie gets slapped with 18 months in prison for being a scamming piece of shit. And she also has to pay back full restitution to her victims. Yes. So that's $503,000. So we see Gina leave the courtroom. She's like eyeing Bob. And I'm like, I mean, I don't really care for Bob, but bitch, you did this to yourself. I mean, she's very... (laughs) Yeah, don't go eyeing Bob. He's just here living his life in Boca Raton trying to go to the bar and grill and have, you know, a couple drinks with a lady dressed in a doctor costume. (laughs) This is on you, bitch. It's very Scooby-Doo. And I would have gotten away with it. If it weren't for this rotten bomb, this wasn't going to be the last time that I had dealings with Gina Marie Marks. While Gina was in prison, word spread like wildfire that I was the go to guy for psychic crime. Now I got investigations. So people started calling me from all over the world. What's the psychic's name? I got flooded with calls. So it turns out Bob is America's only psychic hunter and he gets real busy real fast. Yeah. So it's summer of 2011 and Gina Marie gets out of jail after serving nine months. And Bob really wants us to know how terrible she looked when she got out of jail. I was like, Bob, glass homes, babe. You wore a fedora on the beach. Okay. So Bob is sitting in his office, ironing his business cards and looking at himself in his new fedora. And he gets a call from a woman in Maryland who's been scammed by a psychic. Yeah, it turns out Gina Marie Marks again, but now she's going under Natalie Miller. I was what like, a switch. I was like, honey, go get a job at a CVS. Go wait tables at the Cracker Barrel. You spent nine months in jail and you have had to pay back well over a million dollars that you stole. Take a nap. Stop this bullshit. Go earn an honest day's wage. Yeah. Turns out that uh, this works out for Bob and his boner is back because honey, he is, he's got, he's sniffing out the case. So he calls the Maryland Police Department and says, look, if you get this warrant for me, I will track her down myself. Yeah. Boner alert. Yeah. (laughs) Boner alert. (laughs) And he's like talking to like the the police station. He's like, did you know I'm a psychic hunter? No, no, I I had new cards made. (laughs) No, they're not back from the printer. No, it's a psychic hunter. (laughs) Hunt, psychic hunter. All right, forget it. I'm going to send you new cards. If I send you cards, will you pass them out for me? (laughs) This man thinks he's Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. I started checking with my confidential informants the American Romani community. Doing some database work and checking the internet to track this woman down. What I had discovered was that Gina had fled Maryland and was on the move again. And she's been all over the place. They've tracked her from Arizona to California and then New York. Bob is like, thank Christ, I'm dying for a slice and an egg cream. (laughs) And he's like, is so excited to go back to New York. And he gets word. Now, all of his informants are people in the Romani community. Yes. So these are like her friends, maybe family. He's getting all of these leads that really, really pan out. Yeah. And so he finds out that she's going to a restaurant called Mimi's. Which, didn't he say it like it seemed like we should know it? I don't know. He's like, it's one of my favorites. I've eaten them many times. Yeah. He's like, like, I can't wait. Mimi's. starving. So he calls us. Can't get a good Reuben for love of money in Florida. So he calls his friends at the NYPD to help him out. He gets to the restaurant, but it turns out she left five minutes before he got there. And she's able to stay like a few steps of old Bob here. After I missed Gina at the restaurant in Manhattan, I started to focus on my other cases. Now I got investigations. She's on her way to MIA right now? Really? But then another opportunity came. 
So it's August 31st, 2017. He's sitting, you know, at his desk and he answers the phone and he goes, what? She's on her way to Miami right now? And again, it's another person in the Romani community selling her out. So he takes that tip and he goes, she was on her way from Miami to Barcelona. And then he makes sure to clarify that it's in Spain. (laughs) I also wrote that down because I was like, sir, sir, are you good? (laughs) He goes, I'm going to get her. In Barcelona, Spain. So he figured out which flight she's going to be on, and he books a flight through Orlando so he can get through TSA. This man is very committed, yeah. y'all. He calls the Miami Police Department, and they say, okay, let us know when she gets to the gate, and we'll make the arrest. Right. So he gets to the airport, and he says, I see her online. And I said, no. <sighs> She's in, in line. line. That is such a New York, New Jersey thing. It makes me crazy. Because online is being on the internet. Yes. It's in line. It, that is, a, oh, I honestly think it's like a new uh, Long Island thing. I want to meet the person who started online, yeah. next online, and yeah. I want to say, do you know what you've done? Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> you have created a nuisance for me in New York City. Every day I got to hear that shit. I'm standing online. <laughs> Unless you're queuing for like a video game and you could like be waiting. Waiting like in line online. Okay. So, or, like, but- <laughs> or, or like online in line. Or like in line or in online line. You're in line right now for me to no longer be friends with you. It's a, it's a queue. You're I, in the queue. Okay. I'm a dentist. <laughs> and I notified the Miami airport district that I had her in sight. And then they tell me that the warrant hasn't been confirmed yet, that they need their teletype person in an office in Maryland to contact the Miami teletype person and verify that it is an active warrant before they can place her under arrest. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Get your shit together. And he's like, the flight's about to leave. Yeah, you you got to be kidding me. You're going to make me lose my boner. <laughs> so they're at security. He, he is watching her go through the metal detector. And someone in front of him gets stuck, of course, with like, you know, the bag going through the thing. And he watches her walk away. You know this is something out of a movie. Oh, straight, straight out, out of, of a movie. Catch Me If You Can. It's like Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. Absolutely. So Bob finally gets through, he heads to the gate, and he sees Gina's husband, but no Gina. Right, and so... Bob calls the Miami detectives and he's like, you got that warrant? I got to get her. So he calls the detectives and they're like, we got the warrant. He's like, finally, we get actual footage. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Finally! <laughs> He's so intense. Bob lives at a 10. And not in the fun way. He's so intense. Bob needs a, a Xanax and a pina colada. And God damn it, a pair of board shorts. Because you got to take off that suit at some time, sweetheart. Bob needs a girlfriend Aww. is what Bob needs. And then what they did is they had two uniform officers go up to her and her husband and pull her aside. And get identification from her. And then execute the warrant and place her under arrest. And we see actual footage uh. of the cops arresting Gina Marie in this busy-ass airport. This is truly orgasmic for yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah. He is beside himself happy that she's finally going to the clinker. Well, you see her and, you know, you see these cops. We obviously don't hear the audio. We see the cops kind of come around and she's clutching her pearls like, me? Well, I never... <laughs> 
Like, she's so shocked. And then she's literally put in handcuffs, put in a golf cart, and carted through the Miami airport. And that's the end for her. Now, Gina owes, in this case, in the Maryland case, she owes $340,000 for all the people that she has scammed. And this is already on top of all the money she's already paid back and the jail time she's already done. Even though she admits to scamming people, she's like, I have power. I'm a witch. Well, yeah, and she says they're racist against gypsies. We hear this quote. People are racist from gypsies. They're racist on my culture. We do have power. And then the husband was like, it wasn't a scam. We can't talk about it. She's a witch. I was like, okay. And it makes me think of the Princess Bride. I'm I'm not not a witch, witch, I'm I'm your wife. wife. But after what you just said, I'm not not sure I want to be that that anymore. (laughs) How do we know every single quote? Pop culture. We have weird brains. We are. We are too similar. Yes. The the iTunes reviews are The reviews were right. We are too close. We are too similar. I'll just, uh, I don't know. What should I do to like switch things up? I'll sing. Become more a abusive maybe (laughs) then I'll be really attracted to you in a really weird way and then we'll date yeah that'll be healthy (laughs) yeah that'll be good twice the hello fresh I believe that Gina Marie Marks has probably stolen millions of dollars from people the thing with her is I don't know if there's ever going to be an end to it be honest with you because uh you know, I, I think for every one victim that comes forward, there's a hundred that don't. Bob says he thinks that there are more people out there who have been scammed. And if they have, you should come forward. He's here to help. Also, he's he loves it. And he leaves the diner. Finally. 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 <laughs> Two days later. Jesus. The crew hasn't slept. Yeah. <laughs> They're all, they've all been doing cocaine for 48 <laughs> hours straight. Like, is he gone? There was not a single soul in that diner. No, it was, they bought it out. They had to buy it out for days. They're like, honey, I'm sorry. They're like, can we talk to the owner? We're going to need to buy out the diner for another day. <laughs> They're like, wait, really? They're like, yeah, we're not done. He just keeps talking. <laughs> and he wants to do his own reenactments. <laughs> so in September 2018, this is my side research, you I love know. It. She was sentenced to six years in prison. Wow. Yeah. Six years in prison. Now, I guess. Yeah, so she's it. still there. She is still there. Uh, I mean, allegedly, she's a witch. She might have gotten out by now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, the, the last thing I want to say is it is so weird that, I mean, I guess it can be com- compared to a Ponzi scheme. But if I tell you something and you willingly give me your money, is it because she promised the thing? Well, they explained it. It's yeah. because you say you're going to give the money back, and then you don't. Yeah. It's theft. Yeah, it is. It's grand theft, actually. Grand theft auto. No, it's not. No car. Six years in prison, though. I mean, fuck off, Bob. How, how we, We'll we check in on Bob and see how he's doing down at the Boca Raton Players. I'm sure he'd make <laughs> a great man in chair in the Drowsy Chaperone. Oh, yeah. He'd be great in Guys and Dolls. He's a character. Maybe he's in Jersey Boys. Maybe he... Oh, maybe he's Bob Gaudio. <laughs> We love you so much. Thank you for letting us do Pink Collar Crimes. It has been so much fun. And oh, Bob, Bob, we love you. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. You want to go to dinner? We're going to go to Mimi's. Bob, we we love me. We'll get you an egg cream. The fuck is an egg cream? Pasta bolognese. Anyway, we love you all, Drama Club. We love you. We'll see you soon. See you soon, babies. Bye. Bye.